Welcome to the Student Housing Insight Podcast, where we are putting you in touch with the people who bring student housing to life. I'm your host, Wesley Dees, and I've got some breaking news that I wanted to make sure that we got out this weekend. Um, I know everybody tends to listen to this to this podcast while they're on their way to a to a conference, and we've got NMHC next week and um, a couple other things in October, and so. I wanted to make sure that we got this announcement out, but first, let me introduce, if you haven't heard of him before, Mickey Croft, CEO of Vector Travel. Mickey, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me, Wes. Well, I wanted to, uh, thanks for jumping on so quickly. Yesterday, you sent me a press release of a new program that you you and I have been talking about for several weeks now. And it's gotten a lot of traction with student housing operators and, you know, you wanted to make sure that, that everybody knew about it. And I said, you know what, we should probably, we should probably just get the word out on the podcast as well. Cause we've got, we've got the conference coming up. I know folks are going to be listening to it and this could be something really important that they could talk to you about at the NMHC conference in Miami um, next week. So uh, cause you, you will be there and this would be, yeah, I, if, if you if you're an operator, if you're a manager, and you found yourself in a situation where you've got some vacant bedroom or excuse me some vacant units, uh, if you haven't heard of Vector before, you want to make sure that you pay attention to to this episode. So Mickey, what you sent me yesterday was called Vector Guarantees. For anybody that may have does, you know, may not know about Vector Travel and what you do, just give us a quick overview of that, and then we'll get into this announcement about Vector Guarantees. Yeah. Thank you, Wes. Yeah. So Vector is a multifamily hospitality company, which uh, traditionally was was founded to provide a revenue share arrangement. So basically to, to, to allow multifamily companies, including student housing businesses and, and properties to participate in the upside of short-term rentals in their properties, namely around you know activating vacant units and monetizing those, generating additional NOI. My background included a prior business in which I actually ran a fund that did um, guarantees. And it was through that experience that I, I realized there was an opportunity in the multifamily space for a, a, a revenue share partner. Well, fast forward, you know, almost five years now since founding Vector and countless interactions and, and, and deals that have gone south um, around, around the variable rate model. Uh, now, we still do it. And, and that is still, you know, at this, at this point, the majority of our portfolio, but we listened to the market, essentially. We heard from, you know, equity partners in deals. We heard from, you know, operators around various other properties, you know, or, or portions of their portfolios where they needed to know exactly the amount of money they were going to get paid every month. It didn't mean it had to be, you know, always market rate, uh, but it, it, they needed to know a set amount, whether it was for tax purposes, planning purposes, lender preferences, uh, various other docs. So we created this program, as you mentioned, Vector Guarantees. Well, yeah, I, you know, thanks, thanks for explaining that. You know, I guess kind of simply put and, uh, you know, full, full transparency for those that have not been listening to the podcast. Vector has been a longtime sponsor of the podcast. And because of that, I've got to, I've got to know Mickey pretty well and what they do. And I'm not just someone that, that's, 
taking advertising dollars from them, but I've also been a client as well because I've, with some of my other asset management clients, uh, we've actually rolled your program out and it's been fantastic. It's, it's actually surpassed, you know, what our original expectations were. And I, and because of that, I just can't say enough, you know, uh, good things about you guys, but I've got to say, you know, one of the things that uh, anytime we've activated you or activated Vector, um, it's been one of those things that the, you know, my client on the asset management side has said, okay, well, how about if, because it's a shared revenue program. So how about if, you know, how about if Vector's not able to, to lease these out? You know, where are we going to be <laughs> you know, in that, in that situation? And, you know, and that's part of the risk. I mean, fortunately, I've not run into a situation where, you know, that, uh, that we weren't actually better off with, with Vector being there versus even getting market rent. So, so there's, there's that experience, but I'm sure that's, you know, it's still, it's still a risk level that I'm sure not everybody's going to be that comfortable with. And, uh, you know, as I've made introductions for you to, to other student housing operators, I know that's been one of the things that you know, they've been giving you feedback on, even when I've followed up with, with them just to see how things are going. They've, they've kind of mentioned that as well. And a few weeks ago, you just said, hey, I think we can do some type of guarantee program. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So tell, tell us. Tell us the news. Yeah, so so the news is we're we're rolling out you know this program that we're calling Vector Guarantees as mentioned. the The basics are it's a set monthly payment. Uh, so we will look at any given property and the and the available unit mix in advance. We have national data sets of short term rental data, so we'll review that. We'll do some projections and we'll effectively just back into amounts that we can offer on a guaranteed basis. We're really striving to fit this in with the rest of our operation, uh, doing pretty much everything else the same. So really the only difference is the fact that we're paying a set amount to our clients. Now that should give some comfort to anybody who has worked with us in the past, who knows that, you know, we really do a, uh, a, a strict job of vetting guests, screening out, you know, potential, potentially bad guests, and then, you know, overseeing the properties. So we really see ourselves as stewards of those assets. And, you know, those guests are representatives of Vector to, to some extent while they're there. And if there's ever a problem, you know, we, we remove them. We also do things like noise monitoring inside the units and we have secure secure access typically one way or another through like a key locker system or, or keyless entry. So really, you know, the entire operation stays the same. The only difference is, is the business model underpinning it just so effectively more student housing companies can say yes. So, you know, let, let's talk about that for, for a moment because the, you know, the guarantee part is not, it's not going to be on, at the front of the month, you know, where landlords are typically used to getting their, their rent. Um, and I could, completely understand that this is going to be something that you're paying in arrears. Give give me a little bit of a breakdown of, of what that timing looks like. I'm assuming if this was a plan I had in place on October 1st and you guys were activated, this is probably something towards the middle of November that we would get the first payment on. That's right. 
Yep. Okay. Yeah. And so this just, it basically just fits in with the rest of our operation right now of our clients, um, you know, that we operate for the month, we close out the month, process those payments to everybody by the middle of the month. And so we're, we're, we're simply fitting this into that same schedule, albeit with a, you know, a set payment schedule. So in some ways, some of the accounting is actually simpler for us, but yeah, it, you know, it's, it's, it's building upon what we're doing. It, I think it reflects the confidence that we have in our inputs, you know, and, and as you mentioned before, that, that sort of question or just fear from everybody, that loss aversion, risk aversion that, uh, that most people seem to have when something is new and different, you know, we're over that hump a little bit, right? Because we know, we know how to operate in, you know, effectively any type of property in any market. And, and we're willing to do that as long as we can operate legally. Gotcha. So let's go over a couple of things that have to be in place for someone to qualify for this program. Obviously, let's talk about the the actual apartment unit. It does have to be a fully vacant apartment. Vector's not putting, you know, backpack travelers and, and those types of people in with, you know, students who are living there permanently. So it does have to be a fully vacant apartment. How many apartments will Vector on board, you know, for a property? Yeah, so I think that this will be music to the ears of some of the listeners. Um, we really don't have a, a a firm minimum at this point. We basically have have ways to staff it differently and and maybe leverage the onsite team just a little bit more than we would in a uh, in a in a densely populated property. You know, one with maybe ten to twenty units, um, even just two or three units, we would do this. Um, so, so yeah, so really it's just fully vacant units. You know, is there any kind of short terminal data out there that we can, um, that we can review? We'll also pull in hotel data to the extent that there isn't robust short terminal data. And then we'll go from there and try to come up with some kind of an offer that, you know, mitigates the vacancy loss for our client, juices their, their financials, and then gives us a path to operate. So anything as far as with, uh, you know, in a particular market, Obviously, you're looking on AirDNA and some of those other sites to find out, you know, kind of forecasting, you know, what you guys feel like you you will be able to to make off of it. Is there something there? How, what what types of boxes have to be checked? I guess is the is what I'm trying to ask in order for for you to be able to offer that guarantee because you're not offering in every situation, right? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I think we need we need to be able to get to some comfort level of of offer. You know, we don't want to insult anybody, but there has to be some amount that's that's worth it to the counterparty. And then yeah, it does come down to, I guess, just generally building a case for demand. Although as we've discussed in the past, you know, just having a, a university nearby typically is a built-in demand driver. So and, and it's not don't just think college football games or whatever because we're already into that season universities draw in travelers throughout the year um, and also midterm state candidates, people that need a place for, you know, say 30 days or 40 days at a time, you know, your properties can serve that purpose as well. And so, so yeah, so that's part of it. And then, as I mentioned before, regulations are the other part. So if there are no regulations, like, like in a lot of really small uh, college towns, then no problem. If if there are regulations, then we just want to work within those. And then we'll also look at the zoning of a building. So maybe there's short-term rental residential regulations, but maybe there's another path with zoning of the property having some kind of alternate use potential. And, and so we can go down that that path as well. Well, it, you know, this year there was, especially in the tier one power five schools, you know, vacancy is very low this year. And so, you know, I know in a lot of those markets, you know, if you're a manager uh, or if you've got a property, 
in those markets, this may not be something that really resonates with you this year because you know you've been able to to meet your numbers. You may not even have a fully vacant apartment that's even available. I would say that you know if you're in a tier two or a tier three school, don't be you know don't be afraid to reach out to to Mickey because I've seen in some areas you know very uh, you know very rural areas with a tier three school that you know because they have a nearby hospital there's you know there's traveling nurses and that type of thing and because it is so rural there is very limited opportunities with hotels and so this is something that actually works out really perfect in those situations so you, you never know who's actually looking on Airbnb and <laughs> those sites in order to in order to find something um, in your in your community in your area so Maybe you can echo that a little bit, but that's that's been my experience. Yeah, you're right, Wes. And so, what's interesting about a lot, not all, uh, but many of these tier two and tier three college towns are, you know, is the fact that they're under hoteled, and so you know, whatever travelers need to go there, whether it's you know young alumni, uh, friends and family of of students, or just you know university ecosystem people. So you know. Even think about your your own staff that that need to travel around to to various markets. Think about those cities where it's actually hard to find a hotel room or hard to find a hotel room for less than two hundred two hundred fifty dollars or something. Even in a in a tier two or tier three city, you know there there's potential there, and you may not think about it on the front end, but um, you know we usually just let the data tell us, and um, and then we can we can go from there. But yeah, plenty of surprises when we pour through the short term rental data. Yeah. Yeah. I've been, I've been shocked at some of the stuff you've sent over and, you know, just saying, Hey, do you know anybody in these markets? <laughs> That's right. Um, you know, Oxford, Mississippi's one, like I, I was, I was shocked at yeah. the nightly rate in, in Oxford, Mississippi. Um, it kind of makes me want to go there just, you know, build Airbnbs. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, yeah. And it's not just Oxford. I, I don't know where these quite fit in, but Athens, Georgia comes to mind. Um, you know, Tuscaloosa, we just looked at that might be a tier one college market, but it's not a tier one city per se. Um, yeah. You know, pretty solid, robust rates. And, you know, and we've operated in plenty of other college markets in the past and, and currently do. And, um, you know, we're, we're at least able to generate solid occupancy, you know, 60 to 70% in most of these markets on a consistent basis. Yeah. Well, look, I'm excited about this. I'm excited to you know tell colleagues about this because I think this is a way to, you know, certainly get them over the hump and, and get them comfortable with, you know, with this whole idea of integrating short-term rentals uh, into their community. And uh, honestly, I think after you know, after the first year, they'll probably come back to you and say, okay, if we go on rev share, how much money would we have actually made? Well, you know what, Wes, that's one of the things when, when you and I started talking about this, maybe, I don't know, four to six weeks ago that I realized was that in general, conventional, especially class A assets in tier one markets already went through this, this process of getting guaranteed income from short-term rental companies but that started back in like 2015. And, you know, my last company was part of that, but we were even on the tail end. There were already like the Saunders of the world, which is now a publicly traded company that had that model. You know, they were going out and leasing the units and then running their operations. Well, that that helped kind of cross the chasm for short-term rentals within conventional. It didn't happen to the, st- to the same extent within student housing for various reasons. But, you know, that's where we are now. There's this opportunity, I think. And in some ways, it's a 
it's still a, a version of the partnership approach that we've taken in the past, right? Like, you know, the furniture that's there, we're going to use it uh, and we want to use it and we'll take responsibility for it. And, you know, utilities are generally already already taken care of. You know, we're going to leverage that as, as the framework. And then, you know, we know how to operate inside student housing buildings. We, we've operated in student housing uh, assets, you know, in the same asset in some cases for three plus years. So, I think that uh, you know our track record with the partners that we've had is a good one, and I think that you know offering this this guarantee is basically the wedge. You know, it, it, as you just said, it, it opens up the the opportunity for a relationship with a new company and uh, you know in, in new properties, and then we can build it from there. Well, great. Well, I, I'm yeah ready to get this uh, ready to get this out to everybody and, and make sure they know uh, what you guys are, are putting out there. So. What's if they want to follow up with you and get some more information? What's the where's the best place for them to go to to get that? Well, since we're here on <clears throat> Student Housing Insight, I, I think uh, vectorstays.com/shi forward slash shi, and so uh, you know just register your information. You can put in a, a single property or just put in something, and and we'll make sure to follow up. <clears throat> it's okay if it's a you know ten assets. It's okay if it's one asset. We'll we'll look at anything and and look to uh, look to make it work for everyone. Well, fantastic. Well, I appreciate you doing that for our audience and I'll see you next week in Miami. Sounds good. uh, Safe travels. All right. Thanks, Wes. 